0: Yeah This is Pastor Jolly John Lekomsky and together with me I have Matt almost the Dr. Clark. <laughs> That's good to have our regular co host back with us. And Matt, what what are we doing here? This is Wrestling, wrestling with, the with
1: the basics.
0: The basics, yeah, we gotta work on our timing. <laughs> it's been a while. Right. <laughs> uh so so Matt we, we 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 left people hanging with the story of Absalom and and and, and What does that have to do with us? We are going to get to that, but I I don't know if you remember. It's been a few months, but we are the full-service Bible study program here on KFU, and that we not only provide some of the most excellent uh, Bible study you can find, but we also like to cover other issues, uh, issues of consumer's concern, and and I'd like to begin with one of those if I might, Matt. (laughs) Please do, John.
1: Please do, yes.
0: Well, it's some, something I discovered over this last Christmas, and I think people need to be alert to this. Uh, one of our traditions, do, do you have stockings? You guys do stockings for Christmas? you know? We sure do. We do stockings.
1: The... And then I, I didn't grow up with St. Nick's Day as a tradition, but my wife oh. did. So we put gifts and okay. stockings on St. Nicholas Day, and I always forget, and then Lisa has to remind me, so I put something in her <laughs> stocking. Uh, so yes, we do have stockings. <laughs>
0: So, so you do the stockings on Saint Nick's Day. That's the. That's right. Yeah. Tradition. So yeah, in early December. Okay. Yeah, yeah because uh, now now my uh, grandson is uh, adopted from Poland, and they have Saint Nick's Day, and so they have incorporated that cultural thing in, into their Christmas oh, celebration. We yeah. still do ours on on Christmas Eve, but we do do the stockings, um, and and it's kind of become our tradition with the, the adults anyway that we give them lottery tickets. Uh, and, and look, look, people, I, I know there are people that are against gambling, but trust me, it's not gambling with us because we always lose. <laughs> <laughs> in, in, in fact, that's that's what I wanted to t- tell people about. I, I, I noticed this year uh, that, you know, someone might win a buck, someone might win two bucks uh, amongst our family, but it was always less than what I paid for the lottery tickets. For the t- and Matt, I'm concerned. I, I think they're rigged. I'm just telling you, I I think these lottery things are are, are rigged. They they are. I don't know, John. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just telling you. Well, I'm thinking it's like one of those Ponzi schemes. Is that what they call them? Yeah. Where the the state will will give out a little bit of money to make you think, oh, this is a big deal. But in fact, they're keeping most of the money for themselves. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. I think if there, if, if there are any congressmen, and I know we, we are probably the number one Saturday morning Bible study show listened to by congressmen, uh, you need to investigate this. <laughs> State legislatures, too. I really think that this whole lottery thing is rigged. I think it's rigged. <laughs> okay,
1: they're so, making money somehow, John.
0: They're—I'm <laughs> telling you—if you, if they you think the state doing this, they're giving you the money back. I don't think so. So uh, uh, anyway, so that warning there to all of you who buy lottery tickets—it's—it's—it's it's, it's rigged. It—it's rigged. No, no, quit that. Um, all right, <laughs> Matt. Um, thank you for letting me make that consumer announcement. Yeah, but but we, we were talking it, about absolute Yeah, <laughs> okay. so and and. It's, it's so you want to review real quickly the story about Absalom for those that might not sure. have heard last week's episode Yeah, you
1: said we don't want to leave our listeners hanging. Uh, we don't leave Absalom hanging either. Yeah, that. That's a I bad
0: joke. That. Okay. Yeah, That's a bad pun. Leave him hanging. Okay. No, leave him hanging. Spoken real, by we, someone who doesn't, doesn't have any long flowing hair. Oh, I know, I know, I <laughs> If know, you had yeah. long flowing hair, you wouldn't be making fun of that. Men
1: so. with long hair, be warned. Uh, your fate <laughs> could be the same as Absalom's. Um, no, I <laughs> have no go. worries in that department, John. I no, am if, safe. You
0: re- if you rode under a tree, no way the branches are going to catch your hair. Free
1: and clear. All right. All All right. All right. So yeah, Absalom is a son of David, one of 19 sons of David, in fact, uh, from multiple spouses. Wow. Um, That causes some conflict. Absalom leaves home. He comes back to home. Uh, He he starts to gain this following and, and does it very intentionally to try to get people to follow him rather than his father, the true king. King David. And remember, David's the Lord's anointed, right? So God is the one who, who sent a prophet to anoint David to show that he is his chosen one to be king. And Absalom, his son, ignores that. And he, on his own, decides, no, I, I think I'd be a better king than your old dad. And so he gains a following. Uh, in fact, he even amasses an army. And so David, it seems, is left with no choice but to to rise an army, too, to go out and battle Absalom's men, and as the army goes out, he has one request of the commander Joab and others: uh, make sure Absalom's safe. Deal gently with my son Absalom, even after all that Absalom had done for, done against his own dad. Uh, so that the battle rages, uh, David's side wins. Absalom seems to be fleeing, and he's riding under the low-hanging branches of a tree where his thick, long, throwing hair gets caught. Uh, Joab sees that he's vulnerable and thrusts uh, three spears into Joab. Or excuse me, three (laughs) spears into Absalom. Uh, Absalom, of course, dies as a result of it. So then the the question remains now at this point, okay, what's going to happen now? Uh, As David hears the news of the battle and hears the news of his son, What's his reaction going to be? Um, you know, again, uh, his son has, as all but said, right? I, I, I don't care whether you're dead or alive, Dad. I, I want yeah, your power. Yeah. I want your position. Um, he has. It's a terrible thing to rebel against your own father in this way, and uh, you know, and and even to the point of shedding blood over trying to take over your dad's position as king. Uh, so. That's where we pick up then, John, in Second Samuel chapter 18. And let's go ahead and start with verse 31 uh, as this news of the battle is delivered to David.
0: And behold, the Cushite came and the Cushite said, Good news for my lord, the king, for the Lord has delivered you this day from the hand of all who rose up against you. The king said to the Cushite, Is it well with the young man Absalom? And the Cushite answered, May the enemies of my lord the king and all who rise up against you for evil be like that young man. And the king was deeply moved and went up to the chamber over the gate and wept. And as he went, he said, O my son Absalom, my son, my son Absalom, would I have died instead of you, O Absalom, my son, my son?
1: Yeah. Wow. So this Cushite brings words of the battle and he thinks it's good news, right? Uh the battle is Well sure, because war- your
0: enemy's been defeated. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah.
1: How is that not good news, right? Uh, that that's the whole point of going to battle. You want to win. Uh so good news. Uh, but I, I I you know, I'm just moved by David's only concern. What is the first thing out of David's mouth? Um is it well with the young man, Absalom? That's yeah. you know, yeah. all he cares about, it seems, is how is Absalom? And the, the Kushite doesn't seem to understand... <laughs> Uh, that uh, and says, you know, may all your enemies be like that young man. In other words, may all your enemies die. You know, Absalom is dead. And then David, boy, weeps, weeps over his son. Absalom, my son, my son, would I have died instead of you? Absalom, my son. There's even been some choral pieces that have been written about that too, those words of David. And some of them are very moving. If you Google those or look on YouTube um, about David's lamenting over the death of his son, Absalom. (sighs) So, um, you know, as we look at that, um, again, I think as we left our episode last week, encourage our listeners to think through, you know, do you and I, do we have anything in common with Absalom? With Absalom, um, and again, we, we is good looks maybe or maybe not, and long flowing hair maybe or maybe not. In my case, not right. Uh, but
0: well, the good looks, the good looks part, okay. But not the All right, hair, thanks, no. John. Thanks no. for the. In fact, now above. I realize why All you right. have that clean cut look. You've probably been ducking under trees most of your. That's life. That's right. You, you can but, never uh... be too safe. <laughs> That's right.
1: Uh, but what we do have in common with them, myself included, is is the, the state of our heart, right? Uh, we have a rebellious heart, just, just like Absalom. Um, we rebel against our father, our, our father in heaven, the king of kings, the Lord of lords. Uh, we rebel against him. Uh, so we think of different verses like, of course, uh, Matthew 15. Jesus himself talks about this. He says, out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, slander, uh, and again, we could even add to that list uh, as we, we sin against our, our Father and our Lord and God. So when we, when we hear that list of sin, um, those rebellious things that come out of our hearts, uh, yeah, yeah, like Absalom too, we have hearts that rebel against our Lord and our God, our Father in heaven, after all that he's done for us.
0: And, and, and Matt, I I like that description of rebellion, because that, that's actually what it is. I mean, God has been very clear about yeah. how we should live our lives, and, and when we let these things—and and they're in us. It's in our heart. It's not like we have a choice about this. It's part of our our, our sinful flesh. But yeah, that's a rebellion. That's saying, I don't want to do it the way you want me to do it, God. I want to do it the way I want to do it. You know, I want to have lust. I want to have anger. Uh, and, and it's a crazy thing, because when those things— Things are going on. It is what what we want, <laughs> and that is a rebellion.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a selfish rebellion. It's what we want, right? And we do it all the time. And you know, and then when we do those things, uh, what is God's attitude toward us Uh, when we do those things? When we rebel against our God and Father, what's His attitude? Well, He doesn't like it, right? You know, when we rebel against Him, most no, certainly, right? No. Uh, but at the same, because it's going to you know,
0: hurt us. Yeah, you know, it's, it's gonna a, hurt lo- us. You know.
1: Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's a loving thing, right? You know, and it, it's not as though God is seeking revenge against us now because we've rebelled against him. It it grieves him because it he knows that it hurts us. It it hurts our relationship with him, it hurts our relationship with our neighbors. Um uh, it grieves God. And, and just like we see with, with David, too, he's grieved over his son Absalom's rebellion. Uh, he knows that it, it hurts him. It hurts uh, Absalom himself. Um, and he's saddened over it. Uh, and I, you know, in David's words, you hear this lament: oh, my son Absalom, my son Absalom, would I have died instead of you? You know, that David is willing to make this sacrifice for his son. He would even die in his son's place, his rebellious son's place. I think that's interesting. Um, and I think that, you know, it, that's just kind of indicative of what fathers do for their children. Well, parents do, right? They, they sacrifice for them from day one. You know, when you have that newborn, you sacrifice a good night's sleep to make sure that they are fed and their diapers changed. Uh, we have a, a kid in college right now. We make sacrifices so our son Noah uh, can go to college and go to school. You know, we're happy to do it. You know, as parents, it's our delight. Even and here, David, even in uh, a rebellious son, he's willing to make a sacrifice for his son to die in his place. Um, you know, for for David though, that's just a wish, right? That's just wishful thinking. Uh, now that his son is dead, but for for our Father in heaven. He actually does it. He actually makes that sacrifice for us. Uh, he actually sends his son, that perfect son, uh, Jesus, for us, uh, allowing him to be sacrificed uh, in our place, uh, to to die as that substitute for us and for our rebellion and for our sin. You know, Thanks be to God that he has that heart for us too, of sacrifice and actually does something about it, follows through on it.
0: You know, you know, Matt. I'm thinking of this repetition oh, my son Absalom, my son Absalom, yeah. Uh, and the context that he would be willing to make a sacrifice. He wishes he could trade places with his son. Um, that that repetition of the name that that's a that's a biblical uh, trope. I don't know if I'm using that word right mm-hmm. or not. Yeah, yeah, you bet. <laughs> But it sounds like a a, a good word. Um, uh, as we're trying to make the show classier now, since we do have an almost a doctor uh, <laughs> right. as a regular on the show. Yeah. Um, but but anyway, the scripture does that. When it repeats a name, it usually indicates uh, sympathy, compassion. Yeah. Peter, Peter, uh, Jesus yeah. will say. But the one that I was really thinking of was, oh, Jerusalem. <clears throat> Jerusalem, how often I would have gathered you as a hen gathers their chicks, but you would not. And, and the thing is, is Jesus does exactly what what David says he wishes he could do, Jesus will go, and and, and we forget that uh, when he dies on the cross, he's dying for you and me too, but he was dying for those very people who who shouted crucify him, which is a tremendous thing to think that you would pray for them, Father, forgive them, and then die for them so that they might be forgiven.
1: Exactly. You know. So what is what does God do for rebellious people? Well. He dies for them. <laughs> he sends his son to die for them. You know, and again, the, the grief, the compassion that he has, uh, even for rebellious Jerusalem. And, and that's where we want to end up, too, is there at the cross. Um, you know, certainly God sending his son to be that substitute is his birth. We think of that, this time of year especially. But then also, you know, Jesus' death on the cross in particular. That, you know, another Absalom connection, that here is Jesus, the perfect son, and he's hanging on a tree. Uh, he's hanging on this tree, a cursed tree, the tree of the cross. Um, yeah, you know, uh, Paul writes in Galatians 3, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us, for his reign cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree. And yet that's what Jesus does for us. And then the other Absalom connection, of course, is there on that tree of the cross, as Jesus hangs there, and he dies. And then what happens? he's pierced with a spear too and that a spear would pierce jesus as well just as those spears pierced absalom uh, so another connection to absalom too um, you know as we kind of wrap up this this whole talk about absalom though just i think the, the big thing to come away with is again that that sacrifice that our heavenly father is willing to make for us you know the sacrifice of his, his own son, Jesus. And, you know, no matter how far we've strayed away, no matter how rebellious our hearts are, um, that our, our father still loves us, still has compassion for us, um, still wants to do something about our rebellion and has done so in the most powerful of ways by sending his son to be born for us, to be the substitute for us, uh, to be even hang from a tree and be pierced for us, uh, to redeem us.
0: Yeah, anything else, John? Well, well, yeah, see, the the thing I'm thinking is. Is this is such a powerful, powerful picture because uh, David has his son come back? You talked about that last week, even though his son had committed murder, and and probably most people would say, "Well, that's it. You're gone. You you murdered you murdered your brother. You're, you're no longer part of the family." But no, no. David loved him enough that he wanted him. In fact, you, you were saying that David mourned the fact that Absalom had been banned and had to, you know, had to uh, leave, and he he wanted him to come back. And and even here, even. When he leads a rebellion again, David loves him, and 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 David mourns over the fact that he he lost, even though he deserved to to, to die, um, and and to realize that. That's that's exactly the kind of love that God has for us. We, we we just need to understand there's nothing you can do to stop God from loving you. So please don't run away. Please don't rebel from him uh, because he's the one who will bring you all the blessings you need here and the blessings you need eternally. But if you have rebelled, if you have run away from him, if there's anyone listening to us who who's kind of drifted away, you need to understand God's attitude towards you has not changed he, he doesn't look at you any differently than he looked at you before. He, he always knew that we were sinners, but, but he always had this great love and, and the steadfast love that the, the Old Testament talks about. As you said, and no, there is no greater love than that, than a man lay down for his, his life for his friends. So we all remember that when we have those... Uh, maybe, maybe we have the, 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 uh, uh, the, the, the conscience that, that troubles us and bothers us, but at the same time, maybe we have the comfort of knowing that we still have the same loving Father, and that love for us never stops, just like David's love never stopped for his uh, son Absalom.
1: Exactly. And I think maybe that's the best takeaway from this whole account of Absalom. Thanks, John.
0: So, so Matt, you, you said you did a series, though, about sons, uh, and one that you actually had to improvise, because <laughs> it wasn't in the provided materials, as you said. So maybe we need to pick up that son at this point, and that was uh, Solomon, right?
1: Solomon! So another son of David, uh, and we're going to eventually get to 1 Kings chapter 11, uh, if you want to turn there, John. Uh, okay, okay. Well, we'll just we'll see how much we can cover with the time we have left. But so here's another son of David, another son, and and when we think of Solomon, you know, we we usually think of pretty positive things. I think, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. But yeah, this is not yeah. you know, Th- this yeah, is yeah, you know.
0: Absalom. This is this is the, the 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 guy that said, "Give me wisdom." When God said, "You can have anything you want," and he built the temple. Now that's a, a totally different guy, totally different yep. guy than Absalom.
1: Yeah, and and in many ways, he is, right? In many ways, for sure, he is. And yet we see that even Solomon, right, in all his wisdom, is an imperfect son. Oh, no,
0: no, you're kidding me.
1: Sad but true, John, yes. Uh, Okay. (laughs) All right, sorry to disappoint. Um, So some background on on Solomon. So Solomon, um, his father, of course, is David. Uh, Do you remember who his mother is, John, Solomon's mother?
0: Oh yeah. Bath Bathsheba. Yeah, yeah, Bathsheba.
1: Bathsheba. So
0: yeah, yeah. So yeah. And, and and by the way, now that's a point. So so Absalom had a different mother, right? It, he's yeah. not a blood brother of Solomon. Or it would be through David, but...
1: Yeah, so you have all these half-siblings, because again, you know, Uh, 19 sons, the sons, you know, David has. And yeah, so this is a half-sibling, Solomon, uh, half-sibling of of Absalom. Um, So I I think our listeners may be familiar with that whole account of Bathsheba, you know. I won't recount the whole thing, but uh, long story short, David has an affair with Bathsheba, has her husband killed... Um, and out of this less than ideal marriage comes Solomon. Um, that's that's. Wait,
0: Matt, so, Matt, can I interrupt you yeah, for a second? Yeah, go ahead. If, if you want to see a, 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 a neat way of dealing with that, read the genealogy of Jesus in the Gospel of Matthew, where where you know Matthew mentions Solomon. And he, he you know, he mentions the fact that it was Bathsheba. Bathsheba was the mother, the wife of Uriah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's just yeah.
0: kind of subtle how Matthew slips that in. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah I know.
1: So yeah, his mother I,
0: was the wife of Uriah. Not 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 David, exactly. But somebody else's wife, yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think yeah, um, yeah. So he, yeah, so Matthew's genealogy, um, when you know David, you know father Solomon, and then he doesn't even mention Bathsheba and I name in the genealogy. Just says no, the wife no. of Uriah, <laughs> and that's it. You know, so really, yeah. yeah, like you said, John just really emphasizes, yeah, that's that's how that came about. But again, I think the beautiful thing is, God still uses them this imperfect circumstances, this adultery even to bring his son into the world. You know, this is the genealogy of Jesus in Matthew chapter one. And God still works through even, even circumstances like that. Even guys like Solomon to bring the savior to the world. Uh, yeah. So there's hope for us too. hope for us too. Yes. Um, so anyway, yeah. So Solomon, um, son of Bathsheba and David, um, Following David's death, uh, Solomon is uh, crowned king of Israel, and and really pretty remarkable reign. You know, it's during Solomon's reign that the borders of Israel, the biggest they're ever going to be. Arguably, uh, Israel is the wealthiest that it's ever going to be as a nation. Uh, It's also during his reign that Solomon builds that beautiful gold-laden temple in Jerusalem, the house of the Lord uh, and then also, you know, all these other things that, that Solomon did in addition to that. Uh, Solomon was the guy who wrote um, most of three different books in the Bible. And we think of Song of Songs or Song of Solomon, uh, the Book of Proverbs, many of those written by Solomon, the Book of Ecclesiastes almost certainly are written by Solomon as well. So all these different achievements that Solomon, uh, had throughout his lifetime in reign, but I think probably what he's best known for. What is he best known for, John uh, Solomon? Would you say?
0: I have no idea, Matt. I'm sorry, <laughs> I don't know where you're going. Well, I was going to say his wisdom. <laughs> so his wisdom, right? Was, well, yeah, I yeah, said yeah. that earlier. Okay, yeah, okay, so yeah you all said right. It. So the all wisdom right.
1: of okay. Solomon. <laughs> so yeah, the wisdom of Solomon. And you know, and this account where the the Lord comes to Solomon and says, "Ask what I shall give you," and Solomon replies. Uh, oh, you've made me servant, you know, king in the place of my father, David, but yet I'm just a little child, you know, and not talking about his age, but maybe inexperience, and give me an understanding mind uh, to govern your people. Uh, In the original Hebrew, it even is a hearing heart that I may discern between good and evil. In other words, give me wisdom, let me me listen to you, Lord, and your word. Uh, And then we have all these different examples of his wisdom played out throughout his um, reign.
0: And, and, and Matt, I'm going to interrupt you there because we only have 30 seconds left. And, and I just want to make two closing comments. Number one, you know, I was taught what an impressive thing that he asked for wisdom. But but in my old age, I realized that probably wasn't the best thing. What he probably should have asked for is, oh, Lord, give me faith. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because the wisdom will end up being a thing of pride that might actually be part of his downfall. And again, the other thing you've got to talk about when we meet next week is what in the world does any of this have to say about us? Okay. Okay. (laughs) And I trust you will do that because this is wrestling. Wrestling with 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 the basics. Blessings.